So we've just had some real good conversation from what was ministered on Sunday morning, and that's not going to be online. But if you would like to have a copy of or like to listen to that again that was said Sunday, um, text me or text Ted, and he can send you a copy of that message. I don't want it posted uh, on the uh, web but we will send you a copy of it for you to listen to again. So um, let's do it that way. So tonight I want to continue on with the message that I started last Wednesday that I ended with a real shocking statement for some. And um, because the reason I ended it the way I did, and I don't believe that that statement was recorded, because a lot of times... In our minds, we don't understand where we are in our minds when it comes to where we're at in Jesus Christ. How many can say they agree with that statement? It's, and it's becomes, it's, now it's becoming to the place where God is teaching you how to read your parable. Does anybody not understand that? Does anybody not understand what it means to read their parable in this life? Yeah. No. It's how you think when it comes to the Word of God. Well, you're getting there. You're beginning to understand. So Connie says, no, I'm not understanding that part of it. But that's not true. She is beginning to understand that part of it. So she's just not realizing, and that's why my opening statement. A lot of times we don't realize where we're at in our thoughts when it comes to the Word of God. We only, when we... When we see ourselves in our parable, we want to put it into this life, this physical life. But it's not. It's in the life in the earth that is spirit. Amen? And so that's why we're, in, we're going to be here tonight again. And I'm going to bring you to the Old Testament and show you what happens when we lose sight or lose thought that God hath started in us. Very important. So, uh, it's important then that every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is given to instruct. Is that true for all of you? Every word that comes forth from God is to instruct you. It's good for instruction. It's, it's good for reproof. And it's good to teach you how to live your life. Right? That's what it's good for, according to the Scripture. And so it's uh, important then that we really begin to focus in on what God is saying when He is speaking to us individually, not collectively, but individually, as He instructs us in the Word of God. Because we all are in different places at different times when it comes to the Word of God. Not one of us is in the same place as another. We are all in different places at different times. So God is going to instruct you by the power of his word individually. But that instruction is going to teach you how to live collectively in the body. Amen. That's how it's going to work for you. He's going to instruct you individually to teach you how to live collectively in the body of Christ. So. um, It is evident to me that. 
Not every person knows that they are purposed in Christ in some talent or in some regard to the body. It's very evident. And so when we hear the word of God, we make it solely about ourselves and not about what God is forming in the Son collectively to become the fullness of the Godhead. Now that's a, that's a monster of a statement. But it's a very true statement. It's the very thing that God's after. So when God says he has a need, God's need is not for you individually. God's need is for what you are to become in him collectively in the body. That's God's need. It's powerful. It's awesome. So what we're going to read tonight, we're going to begin to identify some things for ourselves. And we're not going to start in the first chapter of the first book. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. And we're going to start reading with verse 40. Because it's going to begin to talk directly about the body. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. So now, he is beginning to tell you that there are two kinds of bodies, right? There's a heavenly body and there is an earthly body. And that's what he's going to begin to uh, make a glaring contrast in in the next several scriptures. But he's still in the spirit, right? Because the heavenly body is spirit. The earthly body is spirit. It's that which you cannot see, only through faith. So without faith, can you please God? The answer to that question is no. You can only please God through faith. Faith allows you to see those things which are not seen. It opens your eyes to the Spirit, whether it be earthly, whether it be heavenly. And as it begins to open your eyes to see those two bodies, it's going to teach you how to discern the difference between the heavenly and the earthly. That's pretty good stuff. Okay? There is one glory of the sun, Another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for stars differ from star in glory. So in the book of Genesis, God talks to Abraham and he gives him, points him to the stars of heaven. But when he shows Abraham the stars, he is not talking about a star that Abraham can see in the heavens so much as the seed that he is putting in him, what it's going to become. He references the stars of heaven because who could count them? They're innumerable. Likewise, the seed that God has put into Abraham, what is that seed going to become? It's going to become innumerable thoughts of God working in Abraham to make him what God says he is. It's a promise of the Lord. It's a promise unto you. It's a promise unto your generations and to them that are afar off. Powerful thing. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. So now he's going to, he's moving from showing you 
bodies, heaven and earth, and talking about the resurrection. Because without the resurrection, what do you have? Nothing. Without the power of the resurrection, you have nothing. So is it with the resurrection of the dead? What is sown is perishable. What does it mean, sown is perishable? What does it mean? Sown is perishable. Sown is perishable. What happens to the flesh? It dies. It goes into the earth and it dies. Where was I reading? What is raised is what? Imperishable. What's imperishable? It's eternal. If it can't if it doesn't perish, it's eternal. It's forever. It is sown in dishonor. So <laughs> it is sown in Adam, which is dishonor, but it is raised in honor. Right? It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. So through the power of the resurrection, that which is sown becomes what? It becomes eternal. It becomes changed. Likewise, you are becoming changed, whether you know it or not. That word that has been sown into you, I don't care what ground it falls into, it is going to go through the process of becoming raised up. I don't care if it's in uh, good ground or the three bad grounds. It doesn't matter. It's going to be raised up. And the Word of God is going to come and give it increase and give it the glory that it deserves, give it the body that God wants it to have. Is that bad or good? That's good. Even if it fades away, it faded away to teach who? The Son in you. That's why we don't talk about you in the flesh. We only talk about that which is you in prophecy. The Son. We don't talk about you in this life. We talk about you in prophecy. The life that is coming. The life that is being raised up in you. Because in this life, you are dead. You are dead. Let me go on. It is sown in dishonor, raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Did you hear that? So if there is an earthly body, then there is also what? Or a heavenly body. And it's in you. We're talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ in you. That's what we're talking about here. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So, we just read through six, seven verses 
right? And it's all pointing to whom? Christ in you. It's all pointing to the prophecy that has been set in you by the Word of God and how the Word of God is working it so that you can be raised up in the life of Jesus Christ. Pretty cool, isn't it? But it is not the spiritual that, that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. So, where are you at right now? Okay. But is that the plan of God? Is that you in the flesh? Or is that you in the spirit, not knowing? It's you in the spirit, not knowing. Now, one thing you do know, and praise the Lord for Rick Rush. Amen? What is it that you know? I already gave you the answer. You're in prophecy. And what is prophecy? It's the testimony of Jesus Christ. All prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation 19. All prophecy. You are in it. This is the great hope that God has. It's the same hope that Abraham walked in in, in Romans, the fourth chapter. Or Genesis, the 17th chapter. It's all there for you. It's all there for the teaching of the Son. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. <laughs> as was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Now, what happens? So then... I have the image of the man of dust. And we're not looking outwardly. Where are we looking? Inwardly. So I have all these thoughts in me that are of dust. Of this man of dust that walks in the earth. Correct? So what has to happen to all those thoughts in that man of dust? Because that's all you can see his image as. What has to happen for him to see his image changed? They have to be taken away. Well, let's read, shall we? I tell you this, brothers. Now listen to this. He's making a very, very bold and emphatic statement. This is the Apostle Paul, right? Remember Paul in the in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where did he go in his mind? Do you remember? Did he not go into the third heaven, stood in the garden of God, and heard God teach him things that were not lawful for a man to hear? And definitely not lawful for a man to talk about. It says not lawful for a man to utter. Why wasn't it lawful for him to say it? 
he didn't understand it fully, and whomever he would have talked to it about definitely would not have understood it. Wouldn't have got it in any way, shape, or form. Just like when I first came into when I first came into Living Fellowship, and there was the statement that was being made by everybody: Jesus never walked in the earth. Right? How many of you heard that statement? What did that do in your mind when you heard it for the first time? Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. And that's because, and with the reason that it was repeated is because all of a sudden in their minds, they're like, well, I never even thought about that. That's cool. And so now that became what we said without understanding. In other words, we were sowing devils and demons. That's what we were doing in it. Empty. Well, they weren't empty. They were sowing. They were full of, of demons, man. They were. There is no empty word. Every word has great power to it. And so, in doing that, this is where we have to really think about the mind of Christ. So, when Jesus testified of himself, did he, did he ever sow evil? Think about it. Did he, John? No. He was the only one that was righteous. And yet, when he would speak, who would get upset? The unrighteous. Because what did they think about themselves? That they were righteous. So every time Jesus said something, those who were not righteous, believing they were righteous, got upset. To the point they wanted to kill him. Now, we're talking about the word you receive. We're not talking about in Jesus' day. Today is Jesus' day. Amen? I tell you this, brothers. Flesh and blood. Now listen to this. We know this scripture because we repeat it a lot. But we repeat it to ourselves out of context. Not understanding. I tell you this, brothers. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. What did he just say? What's that? Yes, he did. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So, what has to happen then in your thoughts to get rid of all flesh and blood? you got to die. You cannot think that you can hold on to any part of yourself and enter into the deeper things of God. You cannot do it. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now, he steps it up again. Nor does perishable inherit the imperishable. So something has to take place then, right? If the perishable cannot inherit the imperishable, that means that body of flesh in my mind can it inherit 
the eternal part of me? No, listen. I have to be trained. I have to be raised up. I have to be taught. I have to lay down my life. This is why the gospel becomes inherently important to each and every one of us. Because in the message of the gospel, it's telling us how to die, how to lay down our life, how to die to the perishable, how to put it away so that I can be raised up in a new life, a new man, which is imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body, perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. Wow. That's a great work, isn't it? Now I want to take you to Joshua, the seventh chapter. Now you keep in your mind what was been said tonight. Now, Joshua's leading the children of Israel into the promised land, isn't he? So we're talking about a type and shadow of what is taking place in our thoughts right now to inherit the kingdom of heaven. The promised land to Israel was the kingdom of heaven. It's what God gave them. It's the land that God gave them to inherit. And God told them that, okay, you have to walk just like this to inherit the kingdom of heaven. He gave them a law. The law was spiritual. It was spiritual. And it taught them the difference between earth and heaven. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Galatians, the third chapter. And so, Listen to this. And the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. What tribe did Jesus come out of? <gasps> Took some of the devoted things and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. What did God say they could not do? When they went, they could not take of the cursed thing. Are idols cursed? Are our thoughts of the earth cursed? Hear me tonight. This is important. Not just kind of important. This is life and death. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth Haven, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai. Now they go out and spy out the land, right? They come back and tell Joshua, Joshua, listen, they're little in number. There is, we, can take, we can take this thing with a thousand men. This is not going to be a problem. We got this thing handled. And why would they say that? What did they just see happen in Jericho? How many, how many swords did they have to lift up to make it happen? None. 
They just followed the Word of God. God said, walk around that city seven times in seven days. On the eighth day, walk around that city seven times. Once a, once a day, one, one time, once a day for seven days, but on the eighth day, seven times in one day. And then when you get the, done with the seventh one, shout. Shout with a great shout. Just like Michael, the archangel. And when you shout with a great shout, the walls of the city will no more be. They saw it. They saw the power of faith in the Word of God and what that faith in the Word of God could perform before their very eyes. And they returned to Joshua and said, Do not have all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not make the whole people toil up there, for they are few. Oh my gosh. So about 3,000 men went up from the people, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about 36 of their men and chased them before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them at the descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. What happened to their countenance, John? It fell. Is it good when your countenance falls? What mind are you in if your countenance falls? Condemnation. Your sin is great. You see your sin is great. And if you see your sin is great, what happened to your faith? It melted away. It melted away. Then Joshua tore his clothes off, fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads, and Joshua said, Alas, old Lord God, why have you brought this people before over Jordan to give us into the hands of Amorites to destroy us? Whoa! that we had been content to dwell beyond the land of Jordan. Can you hear the moaning? Oh Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. What will you do for your great name? Now, here comes God. And this is God coming to you. Get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their belongings. What did God say? Oh, man. How, many, how much of heaven is flesh and blood going to inherit? None. None. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. Did you hear what that said? They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. God just gave you the answer. 
Do you think that the word of God is hunting out in you those things that you are devoted to to destroy them from amongst you? Hear me. Get up. Consecrate the people. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. There are devoted things in your midst, Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by your tribes, and the tribe that the Lord takes by lot shall come near by clans. And the clan that the Lord takes shall come near by households, and the household that the Lord takes shall come near by near man by man. And he who has taken with the devoted things shall be burned with fire. And he he and all that he has because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done an outrageous thing in Israel. Now you be thankful. What did God just say he was going to do for you when it comes to the things that you cling to in your mind that you think are so damned important? We should be thankful. God is hunting out the thing that hinders you. And he's going to destroy it. Do you think God wants you in the kingdom of heaven? I'm telling you, God has such great desire for you to be in the kingdom of heaven, to be in the place that he ordained for you from the beginning. The place that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to rescue you back into and set you in that place forevermore. That is God's desire for you tonight. He is hunting out in you by his word the things that are hindering you from entering in. And those things he's taking away so that they can hinder you no more. Say amen. God loves you. God loves you tonight with a great love. A great love. And he's going to continue until he has wiped out every hindrance that is keeping you from entering in to life eternal. Be thankful. Why do we give thanks? Because God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, and all of his angels in glory to hunt out the things that are hindering us from entering in to the kingdom of heaven and to restore in you the language of God. Can't say thank you tonight, God, tonight. And let's go praise the Lord, shall we? God bless you all tonight. I hope I spoke something that you were ready to hear and will be a help to you forevermore. In Jesus' name.